Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back, peeps. So great to have you here again. We are going to do another episode of all things unmothered and all that comes with that. Uh, Just want to preface this uh, once again by saying these are just experiences that I've had, experiences that I've heard. I am not an expert on any of these things. I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I am a coach. But take this as you will. This is not gospel. You can certainly come to your own conclusions. But I will say that over the years, I have really um, studied a lot of dysfunctional um, situations. I, I follow a lot of people on Instagram that are psychologists and other kinds of coaches that help with issues that we tend to have because we were raised in these toxic environments. So with that being said, today we are going to do an episode called When Your Siblings, and it could be other relatives too, question why you have outgrown your past. Uh, This actually happened to me in different scenarios with different relatives. And so we're just going to talk about it. Let's dive in. So have you ever had a sibling or a close relative get jealous because you have suddenly had a life change for the better? It's almost inevitable that when you finally break free from your past life of scarcity mindset, that you're going to get pushback from the ones who have remained the same. So let me explain this a little bit. A lot of times when we come from dysfunctional families, uh, not always, but a lot of times we come from families who have struggled in life and therefore they have remained in, they've remained in a scarcity mindset. So they live very small. They don't own a lot of things. They might be in debt. They're always struggling and you have grown up in that kind of situation. And so suddenly when you grow up to become your own person, you might say, well, I don't really want to live that way. I want to be ambitious. I want to gain more education. I want to get that better job. I want to own a home. And that can be a difficult thing when your parents or your siblings or your cousins or aunts and uncles suddenly see you reaching a place that they have never gotten to. I want you to remember who you are and where God has placed you. You're not tied to every person in your family forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) You are meant for more. So are they willing to step out of the comfortable, normal things that that they've settled into and begin to see that things can be different and come along on the ride with you? Or are they going to set you apart and say, you're not like us anymore, therefore we can't love you? 
So there was a moment in time when I realized that I had become different from my childhood family. And one particular moment comes to my mind when Mike and I had bought a brand new house. So it wasn't our first house. It was actually our second home that we had owned. And it was brand new. Like we picked out the flooring and the tiles and just, it was such a strange experience for me because my parents had never owned a home. My dad lives, still lives in a trailer park. So we were used to scarcity, you know, just living simply like scarcity mentality. Like this is good enough. We have a roof over heads, which totally agree with that. Like I think if you are happy being there, you don't really care to own a home or this isn't about you have to be one way or the other, but this is about, did you stay there because you were afraid or did you, and did you just settle or did you always want something more and you didn't get it and suddenly you see other people getting that and you just don't know how to get there. And so then you get mad. So we had bought this new home. We um, had everything done. It was time to move in and we were moving some furniture in and things. And my dad stopped by and believe me, I, I was in shock too that we <laughs> that we had this brand new house like this. Like I said, it was such a, a thrill for me. I was like, I've never experienced this before. I don't know what it's like to move into a brand new sparkly house that has never been lived in, that is, you know, everything is done uh, with colors the way I liked it, things like that. And my dad walked in and he said, now, mind you, my dad's a truck driver. I'm not going to tell you what he actually said because it's it's bad words. <laughs> but he, um, you know, he said, geez, you live in a dang mansion. He didn't say dang. Um, and half with pride and half with confusion. And I could see it on his face. But overall, I think he was happy for me. I think, um, you know, he was just kind of like, wow, you did it. And it felt a little weird, if I'm being honest. And I wished that at that moment that my dad had had that kind of life. But in reality, he, he never owned a home and he didn't come from that kind of background. And I didn't come from that kind of background. Um, we didn't come from the background of work hard, get a house, own a home. Now, he had a dream of doing that. He said that there is a story that he tells me that um, he was getting ready to buy a house for my mom and us kids. And uh, that was during the time my mom took us away. And do I know if that story is true or not? I don't know. Maybe he made that up. Maybe it was true. I really don't know to this day. He told me at one point in my life, like I, I was saving up so we could get a house to own a home because I knew your mom would like that. And then the whole marriage exploded. So we never had that dream. And I just felt like I was walking on unknown soil. I don't know if you have felt in that place of, wow, do I deserve this because this isn't where I've come from? Or, geez, I'm getting pushback from other family members because they're making me feel guilty. I actually was called 
again, cuss word, the bee on the hill one time by a relative because they thought that now that I was on the other side of the tracks in town, that I had become this different person um, that they couldn't relate to. And also, I will say there was a lot of jealousy revolved around that. And I felt deep guilt over that. And then I had to realize that's coming from their pain. And they're trying to throw that onto me. Here's the thing. I hear a lot of sermons uh, in churches where it's like, you have to pick up your cross and leave everything behind and follow God. And it's always with this, you're a better Christian if you have less. And I understand that. And I came from that. Um, But here is the other thing that I do believe, is that I do believe because without people in power, without people that have the incomes and things to help other people, to help the churches, there would be no churches. There would be no businesses. There would be, there wouldn't be, everyone would be poor and just, you know, staying the same and you could have these dreams, but nope, let me just stay in this neat, small little box. And the reality is, is that it has to be the dream that you want. So for me, the dream was, I don't want to stay in this atmosphere of begging for things every time I turn around for losing things. We've been evicted from apartments. We've been, we were on welfare. Like I was so grateful that those things were in place that kept me with a roof over my head. I'm grateful for that. But do I want to stay there? No. And I don't want to be in a place where I'm constantly in fear that I'm going to lose something. So for me, and this could be my own trigger, (laughs) owning a home and having it paid for is something that makes me feel safe. It makes me feel like if everything else falls by the wayside, I own my home. My home is is actually paid for. And so I'm never going to lose my home. It is a safety net that as a girl that's grown up with major trauma and triggers and being shoved out of her house, like abandoned by people that you were supposed to trust. For me, that's a safety net. And so yeah, I want to get to the next place. I don't want to stay in that same small scarcity mindset that, oh, if I move out of this place where all my other relatives are, I'm doing a disservice to them. It's like, no, what that should be is an inspiration to them, an inspiration to their children to say, well, if Phyllis can do it, like maybe we could do it. And I think that sometimes we stall the things that God has us on this journey of like, I want you to be in this place because I have a plan for you. I have, you know, people for you to help. I have, you know, he knows what he has in store for you. But what we do is we sit back and we stay comfortable or we stay scared 
And then when somebody gets out of that situation, we get mad because we're like, well, why did they get to do that? Or why do they have those things? Or why, why, why? And we just have this attitude of pain and bitterness. And we're not really realizing that is there for you too. When you grow up with in a very poor situation, you are never expected to do anything but survive. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to tell you that is not true. You don't need to just survive. You need to change and thrive. You need to realize your dreams and desires, realize that God has a plan for you that isn't just about you suffering through life. That is not the plan. That's never been the plan. Actually, I believe that sometimes he puts us in these hard situations because he's like, I know you can rise up. I know that you have the guts to change the trajectory of where you've come from into something beautiful. But you have to believe that. You have to know that that is the plan. You have to know like what I'm going through right now in the drudges of life is temporary. It's going to pass, but you have to take action to create the life that you want, the life that you know you are blessed with. Stop having this attitude that it's good enough. I don't need to reach for anything else. I don't think God wants you to just stay there. If you are happy there and you are content there, perfect. Then that's where you want to be. And maybe that's where, you know, God is like, you're doing good here. Like, don't don't reach for anything else that's going to make you super uncomfortable in a bad way. I think being uncomfortable is a good thing if it's in a good way, if it's something that's good. I think living comfortably is not living to your fullest. Every day I wake up, there's new things going on. There's new struggles. There's new joy. There's new opportunities. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, when does this like stop. And I'm the one that is, has control to stop it. I'm the one that can say, today's a rest day. I need to just sit with God, you know, on a, a bigger level. I sit with God every day, all day, but there are rest days where I absolutely just pour into his word and ask him like, what do you want from me? What is the journey for me? If you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, please do so. There was a, there, I did one a couple of weeks ago, where I literally was at a church service at my daughter's church and the pastor had given us three by five cards. And he said, write down, what what do you want to ask God? And we were in the middle of a transition in our lives of getting a second home to be closer to my daughter and my grandchildren. And I wrote on this three by five card, God, where do you want me to go? And after church service, we continued. We had been looking at houses that whole weekend. And that that day after church service, the first place we looked at, after looking at 15 different homes the day before, we walked into this one little townhouse and Mike and I said, oh my gosh, like, I think this is it. And we got the vibe. We always have to have the gut feeling. We have to have that heart, Holy Spirit feeling of like, what does it feel like? Could we see ourselves here? Do we? Does it feel good? And everything was there, the things that we wanted, all the things. And, and so I, 
I had forgotten I had written that little three by five card. I had thrown it in my purse. And when I came back home that Sunday night, I looked in my purse and there was that little crumpled card and I kept that card. It's in my um, journal now. And I look at that card every day and I'm like, God, where do you want me to go? And it wasn't just for me. This is the thing, guys. When he gives you opportunities, my whole goal is to ask him, what do you want me to do with this? I've had a dream to have a little place somewhere apart from my regular house to do a unmothered retreat. And when I looked at this little place, I thought this could be a beautiful place for a retreat. And so that is a goal of mine for the future. Stay tuned for that. If you're interested, leave a comment. (laughs) Go on my Instagram on the Unmothered Podcast and say yes to the retreat. It is going to happen. I know it. He's had it in my heart for about four years now, and I feel like I'm getting closer to that goal and that dream. And it's very important that we follow those heart tugs. So a couple of things that I wanted to ask you and and kind of like some call to action things too. A couple of questions for you. Do you hold back from your dreams and desires because other people in your family don't have what you have? Can you create a positive mindset of listening to God's prompting to help you have a better life? Do you self-sabotage in this area to please others? If you do, please stop. You're not helping anyone. And speaking of help, when it is appreciated, do you share the things you can to help others in your family? Do they see how your abundance can be a blessing in all of your lives? So here's what I want you to do. Write down the reasons why you don't want to stay in the place that you're currently at, if it is not good. If it is good, write down all the things or the ways that you can help others with the blessings that God has given you. And for goodness sake, stop feeling guilty. (laughs) If God wants to use you for different things in different areas, in different statuses, listen to that and keep going. Don't let the jealousy or the small mindset of other people or relatives stop you. Please talk to the Lord and ask him to guide you into what is the purpose of your life? Where does he want you to go? It's not always becoming a missionary. (laughs) If you do, I I have friends that are awesome missionaries. They love it. That is not something that tugs at my heart anymore. It did when my kids were little and I did localized missionary work. And I'm super proud of that feeling like that is where God wanted me at that time. And I'm so glad that I did that. But I feel like my boots on the ground are for the people here, the women here that need to be encouraged and be inspired and take action. And they need a voice to help them do that. And I feel like God is the one that has placed me in that position. And there are things that I am able to do monetarily that also help. And so I don't 
feel bad for coming from a place of poverty to a place of abundance because everything I look at is a blessing. And so if it's all taken away tomorrow, that's not going to affect my mission. So I want to make that really clear. This isn't about money mindset, like get it, get rich at all costs. Like, no, this is about when you come from a place of scarcity, you will have people that are still in scarcity that don't want you to come out of it. And if it's time for you to come to a different place, whatever that looks like, I want you to be brave and do that. So I hope this episode helped you peeps. I love you guys so much and I will see you next time for some more good talk for the unmothered. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.